Well, good morning. My name is Chris Corbin, and I'm the pastor of Ritson Road Alliance Church. Thank you for tuning in from wherever you might be watching or listening from. We're glad that you joined us this morning. If you're joining us on the church online platform, I want to remind you that there's an opportunity to chat with others, to reach out and connect with one another. And if you want somebody to pray for you, you can simply click on the live prayer button. And for those of you who are watching on Facebook, it would mean the world to us if you could like or share this video. And we would love it if you would like and follow our Facebook page. Over the past few weeks, a few of you have taken some pictures of your family enjoying our services from the comfort of your home. And we'd love to see some more. We love our church family and so we want to invite you to grab a photo of, your, of you or your family enjoying church from your home or wherever it is that you're enjoying church from. Maybe it's your office. And we invite you to send it in to us so that we can post your beautiful faces online in the next coming weeks. Well, we are here again this morning to navigate the Christian faith and, and what does it mean to follow God? And over the next couple of weeks, we are exploring the question, who are you? And in particular, we're trying to answer that question in light of a relationship with Jesus Christ. The question of who am I is really one of the biggest questions that every single one of us has to answer at some point in our lives. It ultimately is the foundation of how we live, uh, whether we know it or acknowledge it or not. It's also one of those questions that gets repeatedly asked when we find ourselves in the midst of life change, when our world gets turned upside down, when we experience loss, or simply as we move through different stages of life. So I want to invite you to join us on the journey, to stay connected with us as we journey together, exploring life and faith and following God. If you watched our video from last week, I made a statement that there are, in essence, only two essential components that shape the Christian life. I want to share them again briefly with you this morning. The first essential component that shapes the Christian life is having an ever-increasingly right understanding or knowledge and relationship with God. You see, our understanding and knowledge of God, as well as our faith and trust in Him, ultimately determines how we live our lives. And it becomes the bedrock or the basis for all of other things within the Christian life. And so, to the best of our abilities, we want to make sure that we're getting that right. But the truth is, it's not about having it all perfectly figured out. Simply put, we recognize that because God is so infinite, and because he is beyond all that we could possibly fully understand, our understanding and knowledge of who God is is going to be somewhat limited. But we know that this understanding and this faith has the ability to grow and grow and become deeper as we get to know him better. It's just like any other relationship. And so, God is not offended by the fact that you might not know everything about him. He's not going to get offended if you get things wrong at first. But what we must do is that we must make sure that we're continuing to learn and to grow. And so, there's a lot of ways that we can learn and grow in our faith and our understanding about who God is. The first one is we can go to church uh, when we're allowed to do that again. And what we're doing right now, watching sermons online, is a great place to start. One of the next ways that you can learn and grow in your faith and understanding of God is to read your Bible regularly. 
And if you need a Bible or if you're looking for a plan to help you get started, uh, we'd love to connect you and get you some resources. And another way is to get connected to a small group or a discipleship group. These are groups that will journey together with you as you grow in your faith and, and as you grow in your knowledge of who God is and who you are. The second essential component that shapes the Christian life is this. It's having an ever-increasingly right understanding of who you are in light of your relationship with God. And this is why we are asking the question, who are you? You see, knowing who we are is the foundation of how we live our lives. It is, so we need to take time to build a solid foundation. Just like you're not going to build a house on a faulty foundation, we don't want to build our lives on a faulty foundation. And so this is some of the ways that the Bible speaks about our identity or who we are when we put our faith and our trust in Jesus. It says that we are a child of God. It says, I'm forgiven, I am free. I'm redeemed and I'm victorious. I'm a saint. I'm set apart. I'm an ambassador of Christ. And this morning, the aspect of our identity in Christ that I want to focus on is this, is that Jesus calls us the light of the world. Or as Paul words it, we are children of light. And so it's actually one of the very first ways that Jesus identifies or gives identity to his followers, to his disciples. And so not long after Jesus calls his disciples, while he's preaching his famous Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew 5, 14 to 16, Jesus says this. He says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Wow. As followers of Jesus, we are given the identity of being beacons of hope and life. We are called to be light that illuminates God in the midst of a dark world. And I just love that. And I find it so incredibly encouraging and uplifting. I mean... Who wouldn't want to be called the light of the world? Who wouldn't want to shine brightly and point or lead other people to see God? You know, some days I feel like I'm doing a really good job at being the light. And then there's some other days where I'm just not so sure that there's a whole lot of light in me. There's a phrase that has challenged me over the years and, and at different times, and it's this. It's take a long, hard look in the mirror. What do you see? I remember in the early days of my ministry, I was working for a Christian not-for-profit. I was working with kids who were either from low-income families or that they were new to Canada. And so my job was to share the gospel with them and, and to walk alongside them in their, in their journey through after-school programs and summer day camps. I remember one day I went to get my hair cut and as I sat in the chair looking in the mirror, the hairdresser asked me what I did for a living. And I remember I stumbled through some kind of a response about working with kids, but I really failed to mention anything about Jesus. I remember as I sat there and as I looked in the mirror, looking at myself, taking that long, hard look, I had the thought of, well, who am I? How could such a broken person who is so full of darkness and, and woundings 
how could I ever tell this person that I work in a Christian ministry? And so all I could see in myself in that moment were the dark places in my soul. All I could see were the broken places that I had yet to surrender to Jesus. And all of the fears that had taken such deep root in my life. In that moment, I definitely felt more like the person who was hiding my light. And I wonder if each one of us was to hold up the mirror to our souls, what would we see? Or perhaps, what don't we see? Or maybe you will even ask the question, what do others see in me? Do you see light? Or do you still see darkness? Do others see Jesus in you? The reality is that you probably see a mixture of both light and darkness. You can see the light and you see how Jesus has saved you. You can see how Jesus has cleansed you and how he's paid the price for your broken and sinful life. And yet at the same time, you might also be keenly aware of the dark places that still lie hidden inside. There is a tendency and a lie that sometimes even as Christians we get caught up in believing that says this, that when we come to faith in Jesus, magically everything in our lives is made perfect. That somehow all of those years of living in darkness and brokenness simply disappear. That we no longer struggle or fight those deep battles. The reality and the truth of it is that our spirit is made perfect. It is made right before God. But our souls continue to need healing and restoration. There are still broken and dark places in our lives that don't just disappear or, or immediately get fixed. 1 John 1, 5-10 says this, This is the message that we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. See, John is telling us that we cannot lie to God and we cannot lie to our souls. We know that there is brokenness and sin in our lives. And if we want to be children of light, if we want to be the light of the world, we need to increase our capacity to be filled with the light. Let me say that again. If we want to be children of light, or if we want to be the light of the world, we need to increase our capacity to be filled with the light. We need to expose the darkness that is within so that we can live as those who are light, so that we can be children of light. And it, it takes more than just admitting that there is darkness in your past. To it, we must expose it and we must bring all of it to the light. We need to bring it to Jesus. Rob Reamer in his book Soul Care says this. He says, we cannot overcome that which we will not admit. Life, light is a gift. It is not an intrusion. 
If we want to live out our identity as children of light, we need to get to the point where we practice the discipline of honesty. I find that we often only confess the things that are safe, the things that are not going to challenge us or make us look bad. And yet, if we want to replace the dark places in our soul with light, and then we need to come all the way clean. We can't just simply sweep things under the rug and pretend that they're not there. In our house, there's a saying, and it is, is, it, is your room dad clean? If dad was to come in, would he be satisfied with the cleanliness of it? And so it means, did you actually take the time to put things where they belong? Did you clean under the bed? Did you clean your closet or, or have you just taken everything and have you hidden it under the blanket or under your bed or in the drawers or in your closet? You see, eventually the things that are hidden in the dark places are going to come spilling out. They're going to trip us up or they're going to trip up others. And God wants us to be filled with light. He doesn't want things hidden in the darkness. And so we need to acknowledge our deepest wounding of our souls and we need to repent of even the darkest of sins. And it's not always easy. It's not always comfortable. We need to hold up the mirror. We need to take a long and hard look and see who we really are. We need to ask Holy Spirit to illuminate every dark place in our lives. We need to ask him, what are the things that we can't see? What are the things that we refuse to see? Sometimes there's things that we just don't even want to admit. What are the things that we've previously missed or ignored? We need to ask, what are the things that God wants us to see today? I want to encourage you that this is not simply a one-shot-and-you're-done kind of thing. We need to be holding up the mirror consistently and regularly. Because there's always more. There's always more that God wants to bring light into in our lives. And I recognize that sometimes the idea of bringing things into the light can feel daunting and overwhelming. And so I want to encourage you that this is not a journey that you need to walk alone. One of the things that I love about the church is that we are all walking this journey together. We don't have to hold up the mirror on our own. See, healthy friendships actually help us to open up to the deeper compartments of our hearts and our souls, allowing Jesus and Holy Spirit room to work. And as we allow Jesus to bring freedom to the things that are hidden in the darkness of our souls, we allow him more room. We allow for more room for the light of his presence to fill us, to truly become children of light. Paul tells us, that there's a tremendous promise when we allow Christ's light to fill us. In Ephesians chapter 5, Paul says this, he says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. And this is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, 
rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Did you catch the promise here? You see, Paul tells us everything that is illuminated becomes a light and Christ will shine on you. You see, God has this amazing way of redeeming the places that were once shrouded in darkness. He uses the things that were once places of shame and guilt, suffering and pain, and he turns them into beacons of hope that point others to the majesty and the glory of Jesus. What greater identity could we have than to allow Jesus to turn our darkness into light so that we can point others to God. Let me close with the words of Jesus once more. In Matthew 5, 16, he says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Let me pray. Father, we come to you, and what a glorious truth that through your son, Jesus, we become the light of the world. We become children of the light. And Lord, you want to do a work in our hearts. You want to do a work in our lives and our soul where you bring light to what the places that were dark, to our deepest, darkest woundings and our deepest and darkest sins. You want to bring restoration. You want to bring wholeness. You want to bring forgiveness. And as we bring those things into the light and as we allow Holy Spirit to illuminate them and as we allow you to bring healing to those areas, you begin to shine light upon them. Light that glorifies your goodness and your grace that points people to who you are. And so, Father, we come to you and I ask you, Lord, that you would begin to reveal those places of darkness in our hearts and our souls, that you would illuminate them that as we surrender them to you, we would be the light of the world and we would shine brightly upon you and your glory. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us again this week.